Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, 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 and welcome. This is episode 70 of Talk the Plank, a Pittsburgh Pirates podcast on SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. I'm Nathan Hirsch, and I'm here today with Jake Slobodnik. Jake, how's it going? It's going well, man. Just uh, taking a little bit out of work to do this podcast. But other than that, life's been pretty good. Um, very warm and muggy where I'm at. I don't know where it's, I don't know what it's like near Pittsburgh, but um, very muggy weather we've had lately. And it feels like I'm just in a blanket of moisture lately. But other than that, we're over, we're all good here. Well, that's good. And yes, it is exactly like that in Pittsburgh. It's like 95 degrees already. And we're recording this Thursday, not quite morning, but it's 11 o'clock in the morning on Thursday. So yeah, it's really hot. And uh, segueing into the Pirates, well, they're not so hot. And the Pirates won yesterday, Wednesday, 6-4. to four, But before that, they had lost nine straight games. And it's kind of funny because I remember talking to you on our last pod. It's, it's been a few days. It's been a little while. Uh, but on our last pod, the Pirates were 24-28. and 28, And I made the comment that, they're looking a lot better this year than last year because last season the Pirates won their 24th game by the time they had 43 losses. But uh, kind of right back on track with last season. The Pirates are now 25 and 37. So it's actually kind of funny. Um, nine game losing streak this year from June 7th through June 14th. Last season, the Pirates had a 10-game losing streak from June 6th through June 16th. So I don't know what it is about this early to mid-June for the Pirates and these Derek Shelton-led teams, but maybe a loss of focus. I don't, I don't know. But they, uh, they've they been playing pretty terribly lately, and I guess we could just dive into that. What are your, what are your thoughts over the past week and a half here? I find it strange that we went on this nine game losing streak. Um, I knew we would struggle against the Braves and Cardinals, um, especially since it seems like divisional play has been our Achilles heel this season. But the fact that we kicked it off losing two straight against the Detroit Tigers, very beatable team uh, that that soured my mood a little bit. And then we go to the Braves. And I mean, other than the 10 to four loss on the 11th, we kind of stuck with them. It's just our bats wouldn't wake up. Um, the Cardinals series, I don't know. There is too much to talk about on this Cardinals series from Yadier Molina being a little crybaby 
you know, getting his way all the time because of veteran seniority to Derek Shelton mismanaging games. It's just, I don't know really how I can't really put my attitude or gauge my feelings completely on this because there's just been so much bad. And I think, well, I guess let's start off with this. Derek Shelton uh, in his post-game press conferences in the, over the past few days, uh, both uh, Thursday or Wednesday night and Tuesday night, went on record to say that he thought his team was playing solid baseball, despite the fact that they were losing nine straight and pretty kind of embarrassingly too. And I don't know if that's just him putting on a face for the media or if he genuinely believes that his team has been playing good baseball. You could make an argument that there are a few guys who are playing really well, including Brian Reynolds, who is unbelievably un- unbelievably hitting 404 in the month of June, which is so awesome to see him turn it around after a slow start to the season. David Bednar, uh, when he is in the game, <laughs> when he gets that rare opportunity to come in, uh, he's dominant as ever. Owansi Contreras, I think, helped lead us to that uh, to that win last night. Um, but all in all, I mean, there wasn't really much to say other than, you know, it was just a bad way of baseball. And for Derek Shelton to say that he thought his team played well, I think it's a little delusional to think that. I mean, if if these were close games, like if we were winning or losing two to one every night or, you know, we, our pitching was solid and our offense, you know, was battling, I would find some reasoning with that, but it's, it's hard to believe that we've been playing good baseball just based off how we've been playing the guys who, you know, I mean, let's, let's examine it from a micro scale in the Cardinal series. It all starts off game one, five to seven loss, uh, or seven to five loss. Um, not the way you want to start off a series blowing it late in the game, especially after the pirates got out to a five, nothing lead. And then you cut, you bring in the decision to bring in Anthony bond to that game was, that was horrific. I don't know where Derek Shelton thought that Anthony Bonda was the best option for that. Um, and I caught some flack on Twitter from some of our followers because they were all saying, well, who would you want to bring in? Would you want to see Bednar coming in the sixth? No, but the fact that Shelton really only planned out for Brennan Donovan, who absolutely obliterated pirates pitching the series to bring in Anthony Bonda, who has been for lack of a better term, terrible this season was an awful move. The Cardinals plates five in the sixth, and then they score in the final two innings to win the game seven to five. Yeah, it was close, but it should have never been like this five to two, I think should have been the final, maybe a little bit more. And that was probably the one game out of this entire series that our offense really came to life. Michael Chavis, a three run shot that game. Key Brian Hayes, who, I mean, we all can agree that he's been on a bit of a slump this, the past few weeks. Um, He contributed to the offensive game plan. Diego Castillo had a great game that first game. You know, a great double play and then that home run to kick off the scoring. Um, And then you flash forward to the next day and everything just sort of falls apart. It's almost like that rally by the Cardinals in game one set the tone for the Pirates. They just kind of gave up. Um, Game one of that doubleheader, that was a laugh fest um, because you had three errors committed by Diego Castillo um, was that, I think that was that the game that Yu Chang missed that easily catchable throw? Oh, no, that was the first game of the series, not the first game of the doubleheader. Uh, defense was just terrible. Offense did nothing. Yadier Molina, while JT Brubaker did right, walk right, right. after watching the replay, 
He whined like a little baby about it. The umpires somehow got together and reversed a call after an argument, which, Nate, I don't know about you, but I have never, ever seen an argument result in, um, in an overturned call, let alone anything other than an ejection. Um, that, to me, just shows that, you're, that Yadier Molina has the umpires, the league, in the palm of his hands if he's able to get them to overturn it. Again, Brubaker did balk. It's just the fact that Molina was able to reverse the call just by complaining about it is the saddest part about it. And that kind of just took the Pirates out of it for the rest of the series, uh, or at least the rest of the day, I should say, because game two, they almost got no hit again. And I, I, the likelihood of them winning one to nothing while being no hit was very slim. But um, thank yeah. God Cal Mitchell came in the clutch in the ninth with down to the final strike to boot to um, – break up the no-no by Michaelis. Um, and then luckily we came out in the game, in the series finale and was it, we were able to win. And really we all have Brian Reynolds and Rowanzi Contreras and David Bednar to thank for that. If one of those guys doesn't contribute, we're talking a whole different story. We're talking about a second consecutive four game sweep. Um, it's tough to gauge what the pirates are doing now. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I kind of blame it more on the management in-game management, that is. Front office, kind of. Um, but more or less in-game management, especially since Shelton thinks that this is good baseball in his eyes. Um, he's kind of blind to the fact that his team went from being okay to kind of terrible. Um, so overall, I'm glad we're back home, and I'm glad we have Thursday off. But the fact that we lost nine straight, two of them to the Tigers, and we only took one game out of the remaining eight. <laughs> That's pretty sad. That's pretty sad, especially for a team that has some talent. It, it it should have been a lot better than this. Definitely, we should have never been in a nine-game hole. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting that um, you bring up the Shelton comments because Bryce Wilson kind of had some similar comments about himself pitching, and he pitched in that 9-1 to laugher in Game 2 of the doubleheader Tuesday. And he basically said, I mean, I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically said that he thought he made good pitches and pitched well and that, you know, the hitters were just better. And I don't know how you could say that whenever you gave up three home runs and just got blasted by your opponents. I get it. The Cardinals, you know, they're a playoff hopeful team, but I don't get how someone could – to be positive after an outing like that. And it just kind of, I don't know, maybe it speaks to a little bit of a losing culture and maybe accepting of losses type of culture where they're just like, yeah, no, we tried our best and uh, they were just better. Um, it's, it's interesting, the in-game management, because you have games like the Wednesday game where David Bednar comes in and pitches more than two innings. He gets an eight-out save. And you said in the uh, in the 7-5 to five loss game, the Monday game where they brought in Bonda, why don't they bring in Bednar in the sixth inning? And you, I think you were joking a little bit, but, heck, why not bring in Bednar in the sixth inning? It seems like sometimes they don't care, and they'll let him pitch well over 40 pitches, and they'll let him go multiple innings. I mean, the use of... Pitching and the use of players, I guess, is just it, – it's not consistent at all. It's just pretty random, and 
it's just weird how in certain games the Pirates are really easily ready to throw up the white flag and not care about losing, which I get it. In this season, still, this is still a quote-unquote rebuilding season, although you'd like to see improvement. They have no real hopes at winning any type of serious baseball. Um, but it's just weird how in some games they literally could care less, could not care less about winning. And then in games like last night's Wednesday game, they are desperate to win to where they'll bring in David Bednar to get eight outs to close out the game. It just doesn't make much sense. And I don't know. Maybe they were just super desperate after losing nine straight games. They saw the light at the end of the tunnel in getting a win on this road trip. But, I mean, you, you kind of summed it up, though. Over this nine-game losing streak, ma- player management or not, the only players that have been playing well are Brian Reynolds and on the pitching side, David Bednar and Rolanzi Contreras has been solid. But... I mean, offensively, the team has been a complete joke. When Hayes doesn't hit, and he's still an above-average hitter, don't get me wrong, this season on the year, his WRC Plus is still 111, so he's still a really good hitter, and he's still the best player on the team at this moment. But, you know, between him and Reynolds, that's about it. Uh, We have these rookies, and I guess we could talk about the rookies and the rookies that haven't been called up yet, but... Jack Sawinski, I mean, I like him. He's got some pop, but and he's probably been the best the best guy, but he's not, you know, super consistent. Tukapita Marcano got off to a nice hot start, but he's kind of cooled off a little bit over the past few games. Michael Chavis is he's been solid this season, but his on base percentage is dangerously close to, you know, dipping beneath three hundred, which is pretty terrible. Diego Castillo has his moments, but overall, he's not a good baseball player. Daniel Vogelbach, he's bad again. Uh, Slugging under 400, on base under 300. He was hot in April pretty much, but since coming back from his injury has just been absolutely dreadful. Um, Hoy Park's back. Sure, whatever. Calvin Mitchell, I mean, he, he has a really beautiful swing, but... He's hitting 222, 265, 381. He has his moments, and I like seeing him play, and I'm glad that we're getting to see him play. But it's just the inconsistency with these rookies, and they're not bringing up the rookie, and it just continues to just, I don't know, drive me insane, make me just question reality why O'Neill Cruz isn't called up yet. And he, if I had to guess, we'll kind of get into the, Pirates schedule here a little bit, but I would guess that he'll come up probably Monday against the Cubs. I was looking at the schedule here and Friday, Saturday, Sunday, two of those three games they face pretty tough lefties. So I don't know if they want to throw O'Neill Cruz into that fire, but I don't know. They're just calling up these B minus prospects and the prospects are, they're okay, but they're, they're not really impacting winning as much as of late. Um, Cannon Smith and Jigba was called up as well. And um, he's looked pretty decent approach-wise. I mean, he, he's only had seven plate appearances, so it's tough to tell. But um, 
you know, him. And I don't know why we could talk about this if you want. I don't know why Travis Swaggerty was called up in the first place. If he was only going to get nine plate appearances and then get sent right back down for Smith and Jigbo. It's just, I, I don't know. There's a whole lot of movement going on with these rookies coming up. And I don't know what the best way to manage these players is, but like I said, kind of with Shelton and I guess kind of with Sherrington now, it just all seems so random and there's really no rhyme or reason from, from the surface level analyzing from, you know, my chair, it just, it doesn't make much sense. And when you look at the lineup, Every day. I mean, if I have to see Diego Castillo hit fifth one more time, I don't know what I'm going to do, especially when O'Neill Cruz for the past month now has just been absolutely lighting it up at the plate. I could care less. I could not care less if Cruz made five throwing errors in a row at shortstop for the Pirates. I just need to see him batting in the middle of the lineup. And heck, he might hit. 150 for a while, but just give me give me some pop. I just need something um, because right now, just watching watching the current offense, it's just pretty pathetic. And the pitching, I was I was higher on the pitching last pod, but besides Rowanzi and Bednar, um, it's kind of coming back down to uh, down to earth. Will Crow's still solid as well, but uh, Quintana he's had a few rough starts. JT Brubaker is 0 and seven. Although the ERA 450, whatever. Mitch Keller, he's getting there. He's getting there. He's improving. But Stratton got blown up again. Um, the bullpen has just been pretty. It's been pretty bad as of late, and the team has just been bad. Yeah, it's. I I don't even know where to start. I guess we can start with O'Neill Cruz. Let's start with the fact that John Baker just sounds like a whole hypocrite right now and that he sounds so sus. Um, He was talking to the media, I think it was yesterday, um, and he was saying that now they're focusing on O'Neill Cruz and his pinch hitting ability. Why? Why is he focusing on pinch hitting? The guy, this makes no sense to me because our shortstop game sucks right now at the MLB level. Um, Cruz has been tearing it up. Like you said, he's been, you know, I I mean, I don't think you can get more proof that he is ready. People throw the argument into the Twitter verse. Oh, well, he's had so-and-so errors in the past. How many games? Okay. Well, the same argument can be said about Diego Castillo, switch them out. People would rather pay to pay their money and turn on their TV to watch O'Neill Cruz than they would with Diego Castillo. Now, I'm not taking away that Diego Castillo is a bat, is a good player because he is. He showed it in spring training. He's had sparks of brilliance. He just might be a little too green for the MLB. Hmm. That's the same argument they had for O'Neill Cruz. Now, O'Neill Cruz is like the prize jade egg for the future, and I get that. And they want to take their time and be cautious with him, but the time is right. Bring him up. Give him, give the fans something to believe in. I mean, the guy is the hardest hit balls, you know, since the Pirates and their media moguls love to focus on exit velocity. You know, that seems to be the thing that I see a lot is here's how hard they hit it off the bat, you know, and not what happened to the ball, just the fact that it was hit hard. O'Neill Cruz is right there. And, you know, it's getting so funny nowadays just seeing O'Neill Cruz celebrate with the watch animation. It's like, there, this is time. And um, 
I, I understand that they want to give other guys some looks, maybe see what they can bring to the table when Cruz is up. But at the same time, you got you to gotta use logic. And right now is the time to bring O'Neill Cruz up. There is no doubt in my mind that he is ready for the MLB. He's been ready. You're pretty much just, if I can put it in plain terms, this is a hot dog that you put in a microwave. You nuke it for 20 seconds. It's cooked. And then you get, you know, you worry about it and you nuke it again. You nuke it again. And finally, it's just charred bratwurst at this point. And, you know, it's not, at some point, it's going to be non edible and you're going to end up spoiling it. And I think that's what they're going to do with O'Neill Cruz. They're either going to spoil him to the point where he looks for a trade somewhere else and it'll be so bad to where they're going to undersell him. Or it's just, you know, he's not going to produce that major league level because he just doesn't care. And I wouldn't blame him one bit for that. Um, and I would be that way, too, if I saw guys like Hoy Park and Diego Castillo, um, you know, striking out at the major league level all the time with batting averages under 200. But, I mean, it's just it's getting to that point where you got to just think when is you know, when is the time and how many excuses can they come up with for prolonging Cruz's promotion? Um, Baker, especially I'm getting real tired of hearing him swaggerty that confused me. They brought him up pretty much to fail. I mean, they didn't give him much time when they did. It was against lefty pitchers, which swaggerty's a lefty hitter. And obviously there's going to be a little bit of regression there because that's a little harder to hit. And I mean, I think he, what got maybe two starts in nine games. I, I don't, I don't understand the usage here. And then they send him down to bring up uh, Kanan Smith and Jigba. Now, I like Kanan Smith and Jigba. I do. I watched him in the minors, both from the AA and AAA level. I loved him when we got him. And I'm not saying that he didn't deserve a promotion because he did. But I understand you can only field three outfielders. But at the same time, you can have both of them up on the major league squad. Travis Swaggerty. And Kanan Smith and Jigba, I would rather have starting over Cal Mitchell right now because Mitchell's been cold. And, I mean, you don't mess with Brian Reynolds. But the fact that they brought up Swaggerty, everybody thought this was his moment, that he was going to start breaking out and, you know, they trusted him. Just to be shelled like that, that's a little pathetic in my opinion. And I emphasize a little. It's very pathetic that they would treat a first-round pick like this. Like you got to question the motives here. Like why, what was the point in even calling them up if you weren't going to utilize them? Um, because now the organization's probably going to make up this big narrative that Travis Swaggerty is not a good player. And we all know as a fans that he is a good player. I mean, look at his triple a numbers, look at the way he worked. They just did not utilize him as much as they probably should have, but instead they'll give guys like Hoy Park, Yu Chang, all these guys, more opportunities than a guy with actual potential. It's sickening. Um, I also want to touch on Jason delay because this, his promotion pissed me off a little bit more. The guy who's been a journeyman in the minor leagues was called up from the taxi squad to play in St. Louis in game one of the double header. You know, this guy never thought he would make his major league debut. And yet here he is. Goes 0 for 2, but works a walk and actually made some solid contact in the game. Called a pretty good game from what I was able to, you know, what I remember. He was pretty good. And then they optioned him back down, and yet we are still stuck with Michael Perez. You know, I I like Tyler Heineman 
because he's good defensively and he can bunt. He brings other things to the table that isn't centered around offense. Michael Perez brings nothing to the table. They should have kept delay up, got rid of Perez, and at least give him a chance to prove himself. I don't understand, and I guess this sort of culminates everything together, I don't understand why the organization fears letting these guys prove themselves. It's almost like they want the wrong guys to prove themselves. Yu Chang is a perfect example. Sure, he had a two-hit game in game two and had a home run, but the dude sucks. He sucks something major. He can't even feel but yet they want to let him prove himself. But yet a first-round pick that has grown with the organization, such as Travis Swaggerty, they don't want to give them the chance to prove himself? Why? What's the problem here? Is Charrington so full of himself that he doesn't want to see any of the Neil Huntington guys succeed? That's the only thing that I can think of. Um, I mean, it, it's, it, it's, it bears a very interesting conversation Maybe. and interesting argument. Because Swaggerty, Huntington guy, Cruz, Huntington guy, Delay, I don't know much about him, but I would imagine he's a Huntington guy. He's not letting them prove themselves, but God forbid, they'll send out Hoy Park, Yu Chang, Diego Castillo, uh, Michael Perez, day in and day out, you know, almost like force feeding them to us. And yet we as fans, you know, the, the consumers, not only of the product on the field, But everything else going around them, the proud supporters of this team, we are verbally, explicitly telling them we don't want this. They are not good, and they are just not listening. They keep giving us these these, um, recycled arguments that, oh, you know, just give them time. Give them time. Let them prove themselves. No, we, we don't care if people prove themselves. We want the right guys to prove themselves and you're not giving them that opportunity. You're not giving us the fans that opportunity to let them see this. I would feel much more comfortable seeing Travis Swaggerty get consistent playing time. And if he doesn't work out, then we at least know that they made a, a valid, uh, a valid attempt to let him break out, but they aren't giving him that opportunity. My guess is that it is a Charrington thing. He wants his guys to succeed and not these guys that Huntington brought in to succeed. It's sickening. It's awful. It's not the it's not the way to handle business. Holy hell. It's it makes no sense to me that like I said these guys get shoved down our throats but yet there are guys maturing in the minor leagues that are proving themselves every day and yet we don't see them. It makes no sense, Nate. Yeah, it really is confusing and like you said, like why why couldn't Travis Swaggerty get the same sort of chance that say Jack Swinsky or Cal Mitchell got. Um, yeah, no, it's it's definitely confusing. And the cruise thing, I just think that's like the that's like the metaphor for the whole entire operation. Because like with Cruz, not to bring it back to him again, but it's just it's a joke. And you cited the pinch hitting thing. I mean, to 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 talk about that as an excuse in the name of development, I mean that is just the easiest comment to just see right through. And yeah, I mean, it's definitely difficult to sift through such a high volume of rookies. They're coming up all at the same time. I will say that, but it's just, I don't know. It hasn't really made much sense. And I think the pirates, losing a lot of games kind of uh, magnifies that. 
you know, 10 days ago, it really wasn't as big of a deal because we were watching the team win some games. But it's just this team's going to have some highs and some lows. They're definitely going through a low right now. But, you know, whenever you just look at look at some of these lineups, it's it's tough. It's really tough. And um, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens moving forward. But some of some of the de- decisions, as you've put it, have been really sus, as the kids say. Okay. Um, but I guess I mean, we'll see. We'll see when Cruz comes up. I swear, though, if O'Neill Cruz comes up and is not starting every single day, righties, lefties whatever at shortstop that is when i will really really start to uh get pretty angry because you know like i said i, I think swaggerty he he kind of got the raw end for sure but whenever look whenever we look at all of these prospects that have been called up as of late they're all just kind of they're just meh they're they're no blue chippers Besides Rowanzi in the starting rotation, he's the blue shipper. But, you know, he's pitching, and he's getting every fifth day. And we get Rowanzi day, and that's really nice to see. But on the position position player uh, side of things, I mean, Marcano, Sawinski, Castillo, Castro, Mitchell, whatever. They're all just 40-value fan graphs, guys. They're not the future in all honesty, if you look at, say, I'll just real quick kind of project here, the quote-unquote 2024 Pirates open window type of team, you look at it, it's Henry Davis a catcher, first base is open, second base you hope it's either Nick Gonzalez or Paguero, um, Shortstop, you hope it's O'Neill Cruz or perhaps it's perhaps it's Paguero. Third base, it's Hayes. Left field, maybe it's Sawinski, maybe it's Mitchell, maybe it's whoever. Who knows? Center field, it's Brian Reynolds. Right field, maybe it's one of those outfielders. Maybe it's Marcano. Maybe it's whatever. Maybe it's Ben Gamble. Who knows? But I just think right now these prospects getting called up there. It's kind of a tryout for them and we'll see what sticks, what doesn't, but the blue chip positional prospects, none of them have been called up yet. None of the guys that you expect to carry the torch of the future, quote unquote, they haven't been called up yet. O'Neill Cruz will be that first guy. And gosh, I hope it's, Today, honestly, it'd be great if it would be today, but whether it's today, tomorrow, Monday, next week, whatever, uh, he's the first guy that he needs to come up, maybe not, you know, blow the ceiling off, but he needs to come up and be solid and do well because that is the first, you know, real core piece to come up besides Hayes and Reynolds who are already here, who are a part of the core, but you know, it, it's been confusing and frustrating to see what Sherrington and company has done with some of these lesser prospects. But I guess I can't get too, too mad yet until the real guys get called up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I I feel your frustration for sure, because just watching this team over the past 
10 days has just been, I, I mean, it's been, it's been hard. Um, but there's still more games. The season's still pretty young. We're not even halfway through. And let's look ahead to the schedule here. Like you said, the Pirates are at home. And they start a series Friday hosting the Giants. And the Giants aren't quite as good as they were last year, but they're still pretty good. 35-27 and 27 to the Pirates, who are, what are the Pirates, 25 and 37 and Friday starting for the pirates will be Zach Thompson. And this will be a really tough matchup against Carlos Rodon, who is, uh, he's one of the best left-handed pitchers. I would say in baseball, three eighteen ERA, he strikes out a million batters. He's nasty. Uh, that'll be a tough matchup for the pirates Saturday. Jose Quintana gets the start. The giants don't have a listed starter. And Sunday, Mitch Keller will try to continue his little streak here. We didn't really talk about Mitch Keller that much, but don't look now. Past three starts, five innings, two runs, six innings, one run, five and a third innings, two runs. He's been pretty nice lately. So uh, we'll see if he can continue that on Sunday, maybe get that ERA below five. It's at 5.07 right now. That would be good to see. And after that series, that's going to be a tough series. I would be happy if the Pirates could squeak out one win in that one. But after that, they get to play a team that might be a bigger joke than the Pirates at the moment, and that's the Chicago Cubs. They'll have them for four games. I don't know if you've seen lately, but the Cubs in their past like five games or so have been outscored by like 60 runs or something crazy like that. They lost 19 to five yesterday, and uh, that's at least. That's at least happy to see. After this Pirates huge, crazy losing streak, they're still in third place. So that's also a nice little, a nice little, uh, you know, nugget for us. My God, I didn't realize the Cubs were that bad at the moment. I thought I was so focused on the Pirates losing streak that I never even stepped back. Oh, wow, that's bad. 19 to 5, yeah, 12 to 5. So. Those are two scores. And then they sucked against the Yankees. They lost 9 to 3 to the Orioles. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, that gives me a little bit more hope. Um, I guess before the road ahead, I'll just highlight Mitch Keller. He has looked a lot better. I think him developing that sinker has really helped out his game a little bit. Um, sure, he's not as lights out as we hope that he is, but slowly and gradually he's getting better. So I'll take that. Um, road ahead, you know, I guess we should start this off with a little bit of a hot take. There have been rumors circulating around Twitter that O'Neill Cruz is getting called up before Friday's game. I'm buying into it. I'm going to set myself over failure and say that O'Neill Cruz will be in Pittsburgh for the weekend. Um, hopefully he starts at least Saturday with the game I go to, uh, but it would be nice to see him start all these games. Um, I think we have a pretty good shot against the Cubs, you know, the Giants, oh, that's going to be rough. The thing that I'm going to be looking out for is if we can contain uh, Jock Peterson and Mike Yastrzemski. If we can do that, and if we can jump on Carlos Rodon in game one, it'll go in our favor. Um, that's a tough task to ask for, especially with Zach Thompson on the mound for us because he's hit or miss. Um, it's hard to tell. But I'm going to say we take one of three from the Giants – um, and I'm going to say we take at least three or four from the Cubs. 
Yeah, I'll say the game that we win is going to be the finale on Sunday. Mitch Keller will get the win. Um, I think we'll lose with JT Brubaker on the hill um, against the Cubs on Monday. And then we win out the next three games since we got Rowanzi, Zach, and then Jose Quintana. Um, I mean, this is somewhat of a favorable match, favorable matchup for us. And if the Cubs are as bad as we see in recent memory, this would be the time for the Pirates to get hot again and you know keep their place in third in the NL Central. Um, I like our chances going forward. It's going to be rough against the Giants, but I think the Cubs will be a nice bounce back series. Yeah, I hope you're right. And it is funny. The Cubs have just been absolutely dreadful lately. You know, you look at the Pirates nine game losing streak and at least, you know, they didn't give up. They only gave up more than, or they only gave up 10 runs one time. There were some close losses in there. You look at it. Five three three one three one four two. That was the first four losses to uh, Detroit twice and Atlanta twice. Then you look ten to four. They lost to Atlanta, but then five to three, seven five, three to one, and then nine to one. So the Pirates have at least been semi-competitive during their nine-game losing streak. The Cubs have just been absolutely garbage. But uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see if and when. I, I, I still don't know if it'll ever happen, but we'll see if and when O'Neill Cruz is called up to the big leagues and um, hopefully he just comes out. Let me ask you this. This is kind of funny because uh, I'm, I'm looking on Twitter now and people are discussing what would be what would be worse or better. There will be craziness either way. Obviously, we want Cruz to come up and be awesome, but... If Cruz comes up and struggles, it will be, you know, he was always overrated. He sucks, blah, 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 blah. They rushed him, blah, 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 blah. But if he comes up and he's awesome, it'll be also hilarious because it will just show us how dumb Ben Sherrington was this entire time and how dumb the Pirates were this entire time to let him just pretty much rot in the minor leagues. I get it. Service manipulation, blah, 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 blah. But I don't know. It'll be funny to see. And I hope he comes up and shoves and I hope he comes up and just hits a million home runs and holds his own at shortstop because he's, he's got that ceiling. He's got that ceiling to where he could be like a top 10 position player in baseball, maybe top five. His floor is probably Gregory Polanco, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I just, I just want to see it. That's all. That's all we've been saying. We just want to see it. And time might finally be close. We'll see. I, I still think Monday is the day, but uh, we'll see. Jake, is there anything else you want to talk about before we hop off for the day? I think it'd be funny to see the overreactions that people have when O'Neill Cruz finally does come up. Um, he's good. Everybody's going to think he's going to be a perennial MVP. Um, just a warning. If that's the case, he is most likely going to get Scott Boris and become a client of him and then get out of Pittsburgh. Um, but if he sucks, and like you said, it's going to be funny seeing everybody saying how bad he sucks and you know, the, the, the typical aftermath you see if somebody underperforms, but I hope it's sooner rather than later. Just give us the feeling, that euphoric feeling of bringing O'Neill Cruz up and seeing him in Pittsburgh. I think it would be funny if he homers in his first at-bat in the major leagues. 
looks right up to the press box at Ben Charrington and gives a little smile and wave. Um, I hope he hears that and would, that would be funny to hear, but I don't think it will, but that's pretty much all I have. Just give us O'Neill Cruz, please. Charrington, please. It's overdue. <laughs> all right, Jake, where can we follow you on Twitter? Follow me on Twitter at underscore radio Jake. You can follow me on Twitter as well at Nathan underscore Hirsch. And of course, Follow Bucks Dugout on Twitter at Bucks Dugout. We will be back soon after the giant series, I would assume, to uh, perhaps talk about O'Neill Cruz's call up either for the next day or talking about his playing during the weekend. We'll see. Or maybe not. Maybe they should. Honestly, I wouldn't. I don't know. Maybe maybe O'Neill Cruz needs an extra year in the minor leagues. Just no to, stop <laughs> to develop, and uh, who knows? I mean, we'll see. But all right, Jake, it's been good talking to you. Thank you for everyone for listening, and uh, let's go Bucks. Hopefully, they can pull out a few wins over the next week or so, and we can quit being so depressed. How about that? That would be perfect. That would be awesome. Everyone have a great rest of your day and peace out.